This week on the Lords of Grantham podcast, and we are talking season three of Poldark. We're going to talk about all the storylines, top to bottom, and we got character power rankings for you. Let's get to it. It's been a while since I could hold my head up high. And it's been a while since I first saw you. And it's been a long time. But it's been a while. The Lords of Grantham are back for back from our little summer reprieve vacation, whatever you want to call it. How's it going, Corey? It's going okay. How about you, Dave? I'm good. I lost my voice in Atlantic City. Thankfully, it wasn't COVID, but I think it was something a little more than just screaming. So I'm slowly working my way back to being able to talk. So yeah, listeners may not realize because we record two episodes back to back. But it's been about a month since we last recorded, so this is like the longest stretch we've gone in a while, where we actually haven't even straight up talked to each other. <laughs> oh yeah, because uh, you were you you unfortunately got the COVID again. Second time in three months, people, it happens. So uh, you would have been in Atlantic City with me. <laughs> and I, yeah, I would have been there, but nope. We can cover all that and more. We were talking about maybe talking about some of our summer adventures on the Patreon uh, and catch people up there because we've been every which way. <laughs> That's true. Uh, we here. have been. But uh, any news in the world of these shows we've been watching? Uh, and, and the news of Down Abbey, Poldark, I don't know, man. I haven't been keeping track. It's, it's, I, I, can, I can look up some news uh, real quickly. Uh, let's, not, but, let's not force anything. Yeah. Um, Down Abbey, it left Netflix in multiple regions, so apologies to anyone trying to catch up now. <laughs> you got to go to Peacock or somewhere else. Yeah, get on that. Jump on that Peacock train. They have a dedicated channel. Well, this Peacock's only yeah. in the states too. Is is uh, Downton on Netflix in the states still? It is. It is still in the states. Yeah. So that doesn't make a difference whatsoever in this instance, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Either way, Downton Abbey channel on Peacock. Yeah, it's on the Peacock. Uh, the Crown. I don't think there's any news going on there. Everything seems to be going steady. Queen Elizabeth, uh, Queen Elizabeth is still going. Uh, in Poldark news, though, uh, Aiden Turner, the star himself, Ross, he said that that shirtless photo of him uh, scything the the grass or the weeds. He says it was photoshopped. Uh, there was really? someone there covering up. Yeah, there was someone there covering up his, uh, tattoos on his arm. Uh, Always got tattoos. So, apparently. Uh, he says, was it safer to make a big deal of this photograph because it was a young man? Would it have been handled the same way in the press if it was a young woman? I don't know. Possibly not. But I didn't feel objectified. Oh, he didn't feel objectified. He fi- He's cashing, he did not. cashing them checks. Yeah. And he said, given Ross Polark was a very active guy and the sort of diet he'd been on, it just felt right to get myself into that. He's a farmer. He's working. He's riding a horse all the time. He's a soldier. Uh, but... Yeah, uh, I mean, he he was that jacked, but maybe not quite as uh, as it appears. Clean, or, or there's something a little bit off there. Right, we'll we'll take it. Wait, is there is this something else? Uh oh, there's more. Uh, no, 
there, 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 there's something about him teasing something, but he says currently there's no plans for more series of Poldark at the moment. <laughs> okay. Imagine if there was. That'd be great. That'd be like when Julian announced the Downton Abbey movie like three months into our podcast. That'd be great for us. Yeah. He, he did say there are some books. I need to check what books they are. I think Ross is quite a bit older. Uh, so it's not like the, there's story left to, uh, you know, not there, there's definitely story left to tell. So anyways, I think we're just killing time here with the, not, not much news and people are just like, come on, what are we here to talk about today? We're here for the, the, the meat. Talk about season three. Now, this I think is a kind of good that we're doing this because I think if we're going to jump into season four next week, this will be a nice refresher as to what exactly we've been uh, fallen behind or talked about a month ago. Absolutely, because I am struggling to recall pieces from this season. The one thing that comes to mind immediately, though, from season three of Poldark, why don't we start from the bottom? Relatively, let's not start with Ross. Let's start with Dwight Ennis. This guy was at the bottom to start the season. He was captured and tortured by the French. (laughs) Uh, His buddy Armitage. He was tortured, too. Uh all he got from it, though, uh, Dwight, was a scar and some PTSD. Some warts. Uh, his, some warts. His, and he was saving a lot of people's lives, even as they were killing people. Uh, hard times for him. Hard times for him. Did you doubt for a second, Dave, that he was going to die? I mean, this show has killed off more important characters for less. So I wouldn't have been shocked if he was killed <laughs> off. That is true. Francis fell in a hole and died. Uncle Charles dies in like episode like two or three or whenever he dies in season one. He's, yeah, episode four. I mean, granted, he is an old man, but at the same time, that's an important character to pull that early. Like, there's no. This isn't Game of Thrones as far as its ruthlessness, but. It Imagine is. if they did the same thing to Dwight as they did to Francis. He's just walking around and he falls in a hole wherever they have them <laughs> encamped. That would be it's better like, well, than like French soldiers <laughs> murdering him. Yeah, not great. Uh, and midway through the season, we get probably, I think, the my favorite most memorable episode is The Rescue of Dwight, where, where Ross and uh, his boys, you know, he's got Drake coming with him. He's got... Uh, Henshaw and Zaki. Henshaw. Rest in peace, Henshaw. And to get him out of there, it's pretty thrilling. Yeah, that was definitely the high point of action for probably the whole series thus far. Yeah. And, Ra- and Dwight, he has PTSD for about a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ross shows up and he's like, I know just the, the way to fix this. Sends over Armitage. And it seems like everything's okay with uh, Dwight thereafter. Yeah, I mean, it's like he found his therapist. Who's to say if he's cured, but he can compartmentalize him in a more effective and adult way. He's back to making house calls before we know it. Oh, yeah, making some very important house calls throughout this show, this series. And then by the end of the season, Caroline and Dwight are just chuckling about, man, it must suck to be everyone else. We're doing great here. They're just laughing things off. Yeah, they literally say, we're doing all right in this episode of the show. There's got to be like a kid on the way for them soon or something, some development. Yeah, and is it just me or does Caroline get off the hook completely? Because unfortunately we lose Uncle Ray in the beginning of the season, Mm -hmm. but... Caroline's whole reason for not talking about Dwight was the sort of societal 
judgment that would come down for her marrying well beneath her rank. But she yeah. marries Dwight, and it's like everything is fine. People are happy for her. People, it yeah, all worked people out. are happy. There's no problems whatsoever. I feel like this is a. She totally dodged the bullet, and I don't know if this is just like the cast is too dense for them to make that to give Caroline some adversity, or mm-hmm. that's just how it went in the books. I really have no idea. And it's kind of unfortunate because her character takes a bit of a step back this season. Whereas in season two, she's very forthright. She wants to be with Dwight no matter what. Doesn't matter what her uncle says. So she's you know has some sense of like being a headstrong person. This season, she kind of is very much the worried wife, uh, just concerned about Dwight throughout the season on the sidelines. And there are some episodes though where she teams up with Demelza and, and they do a few things around town, which are which are good, but. Kind of just in the background for the most part, Caroline. Yeah, is that is that just this sort of ensemble syndrome? Like she had her introduction last year. Now we're finding where she fits the Bates. Yeah, I think that's Mr. Bates syndrome, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, they they come in, they have their storyline, and then Mm -hmm. hover in the background until you, uh, you know, until the show ends. Yeah. We'll we'll see what they have in store for them, but I think that's pretty much what's going on with Dwight and Caroline, right? Basically, uh, do we want to shift gears over to our friends Roella, Morwenna, and Ozzy Whitworth? I feel like that's a well. I think you're you're kind of jumping ahead of things. Like this season introduced two siblings we had no idea existed before this season. <laughs> two we sets got the Carn boys. Oh yeah, the Carn brothers. Yeah. Before this, all we knew was just Demelza was a mangy mutt in the streets that her dad didn't pay attention to. Little did we know there was two other brothers out there who, I guess, weren't helping <laughs> uh, uh, Demelza the entire time, you know, or they're just off on their own. So strange how how they just show up out of nowhere. Yeah, they're given. I was looking at my power rankings from season one earlier, and I had Demelza's family as a sort of blank blanket statement so i think we knew there was more than just Demelza and her dad but mm-hmm. to wait until season three to make these two brothers characters is a decision and i mean considering we lost francis we need a kind of positive familial figure for ross and i i mean i like drake i don't love sam but yeah and sam, we need some young energy on the show these characters are getting older they're marrying they're settling down so we need some single people mm-hmm. um and they, they supplied that in spades there. They're handsome and they well, one's ready to mingle, the other one not so much. Uh, I wish there was a beat, though, where like maybe Garrick the dog re- recognized them. Something. <laughs> uh, just to oh, establish yeah, that, that they have been history. Oh, yeah, that would have been good, because Garrick wouldn't know them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, their dad passed away at the beginning of the season, and uh, Sam agrees to take up the mantle of spreading the word of God. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, to his own detriment, pretty much. No, no one cares to hear what he has to say, aside from some local townspeople. And uh, well, like like his family doesn't pay attention to him. That's the uh, that's how his dad was. He's like a, a manic street preacher. Yeah. Just attracting the, the you know, people who are wandering. Yeah, but, but I uh, mean, Sam, Sam has a, a decent run <laughs> where he mm-hmm. kind of has a crush on Tholly, another new character's daughter, Emma. Mm-hmm. 
and that's she's a bit of a I get, a, a lush around town. So yeah, she drinks a lot. I, I get Danker vibes from from Sam Karn. Every time Sam shows up, it's like, do we have to spend time with this guy? He's he's kind of a killjoy. Oh, for sure. But I feel like Emma is trying to broaden him. And, and, and yeah, we'll see about that. I don't think the actor is giving me Danker vibes, but the character is giving me Danker vibes. So I have yeah. high hopes for the future of uh, Sam. Meanwhile, we got Drake Karn, who immediately catches eyes with, oh man, we got to double back again. So Jeffrey Charles is reintroduced this season. Mm-hmm. He's grown a pair. <laughs> uh, he, he's mouthing off to people. Doesn't care. And if you had George as a father-in-law, why wouldn't you? That guy's terrible. So you, you want to let people know what's up. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, he's going through puberty right now. <laughs> absolutely. The guy's got, a, the kid's got a mop of hair on him. Yeah. And we he's see growing. that. <laughs> so Morwenna is a family, uh, a distant cousin of Elizabeth, whose family mm-hmm. has fallen on hard times, but mm-hmm. has some impressive lineage. So sure. It's George's wonderful idea to sort of to use that as leverage to get them out of their debt and have Morwenna as as Jeffrey Charles's like ward. Yeah, keep the kid in line, you know, have some eyes on him. And he he in, intention initially does that to separate Elizabeth and Jeffrey Charles because he feels that they're being right. too reliant on one another but more when it too does, much like a mother and son <laughs> yeah yeah more when it comes in and gets the job done uh, she is very popular I mean, amongst jeffrey charles and drake what is her job exactly you say she gets the job done what is her job other than just walking him around to the beach and back letting him break the rules whenever he wants <laughs> letting ross in the house just uh you know socializing with uh, the family that George dislikes on her uh, paid time uh, on his property. <laughs> yeah. So she, yeah, she, she catches the eye of Drake Karn. He can't help but talk to her. They, they fall for each other. He starts unleashing toads on uh, the property because he doesn't like George. He doesn't like the family, this Drake Karn guy. And so while that's going on, George identifies an opportunity for Morwenna to be wed to, to this Whitworth character to get them closer, their family closer to they have a higher ranking family, so it would help mm-hmm. out somehow. Apologies, listeners, man. There's a lot of names. I can't remember the name exactly. A lot of vowel the, sounds that, going that, on. <laughs> that is the catalyst of why he wants them to get with Whitworth. Like He's closer to another family. Yeah, he's just trying to combine all these family trees under his umbrella of influence. Mm-hmm. Except Whitworth is a piece of trash. That's that's yep. putting it lightly. He's a preacher. He looks like who, he smells. He sweats. Yeah, he's a foot guy. He's a, he has a foot fetish. The guy can't help but suck toes. And we're led to believe he sucks more toes, uh, more winners than all of them when when he gets married. But um. You can't keep a, a good man down, and uh, Drake Drake is getting closer to her by the end of the season. So, <laughs> just to follow this through, Rowella shows up, who is the sister of Morwenna. Mm-hmm. Don't know why the parents went that way with naming, but that's how he ended up with the Rowella. That's why they're in debt. Yeah, 
and she kind of entraps uh, Whitworth into uh, a marriage plot where she gets pregnant by him. Allegedly. Allegedly. And so that gives some leverage for him to kind of back off on Morwenna, who has has his child in the interim. Uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. It looks like things could be getting icy between Whitworth and, and Morwenna. Like she, uh, she can move on. Who knows? Hopefully, we'll see. And we do see that uh, the reason she's for their marriage. She lets him know she's like sick of him. <laughs> yeah. Well, the reason for their marriage is is basically uh, George arrests Drake for uh, throwing some toads in and trespassing and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. the only way he's going to avoid the, the gallows is if Morwenna falls on the sword and marries old father Whitworth, Reverend Whitworth. He's a man of the Lord, allegedly. Allegedly. So it's all this circle of people sacrificing for other people and whatnot. So, and honestly, so Dave, what do you think the storyline was satisfactory considering it's completely tertiary to everything that we've known on Poldark before this? I think the introduction of Roella so late only to give her so much juice leaving the season seems a little, um, it seems like a disservice to all of Morwenna's struggles. Hmm. Okay. So basically, Morwenna wins when Rowella basically squeezes Whitworth for all his money and then walks away and leaves Morwenna to deal with him. She gets the upper hand where she says, don't touch me. I don't want anything to do with you. But ultimately, she yeah. spends the whole season effectively getting raped by by Whitworth. And A few episodes. I want to say the whole season. She doesn't get with Whitworth until Once they get married. Through. Yeah, but... But so you it, raise a good point, though that Ruella gets brought into the picture and as much as Morwenna gets to tell off Whitworth, Ruella does a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of helping to get Morwenna into like a better situation or just like taking Whitworth's eye off the ball and it would have maybe done a better service to Morwenna or developed her a little bit more if she was a little bit more proactive in terms of turning the tables on Whitworth somehow. Exactly, yeah. I agree completely with that. If she would like run outside and just stuck her feet in the mud a lot, started to dirty those up, do you think he'd be done with her then maybe maybe she doesn't clip her toenails doesn't clip the toenails walks around in some some you know pig farm or something pigs die just just get him dirty yeah he he ain't gonna be into that that's all you gotta do put some put some meat between her toes exactly uh so put some rue in your do why don't you uh but that's that storyline. That is that storyline. Interesting one. But, Probably the, the most uh, easy to discuss and chastise. But Dave, you mentioned the character who was introduced this season. And he was quite made quite the entrance. Thali. How do we feel about him? Because effectively, yeah, we lost Judd this season because the actor was too busy acting in other projects. And so they just inserted this pirate character as the replacement for Judd. And uh, he's just a mercenary around town who uh, digs graves. (laughs) Well, he becomes a grave digger at the end of the season. Yeah. Because he wants steady work, and people are always dying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you like Thali? Do you think he was a successful addition? I think he was, especially towards the end when we see 
like the shot of him and Prudy sitting on the cliff drinking. It's kind of mm-hmm. like those two, you know, he's a man of, around town by the end of the yeah. season. And he's kind of a, I don't want to say a moral compass for Ross, but he's sort of the opposite of a moral compass. He's like the adventure compass for Ross. Like when Ross is, is on the, the side of the local militia against Thali, Thali's like, Dude, your dad would be is rolling in his grave right now because of this. So he's mm-hmm. always like, you know, we could have some fun. We could go on an adventure. We can go sail. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, Tholly feels like what Judge should have been th- this whole time. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> it, it feels like a course correction because there was moments where we'd see Judge trying to, I don't know, if talk sense to, to Ross, but he'd kind of get through to him and, and, and speak some some wisdom of truth. But it didn't seem natural, and it didn't always seem like uh, this is the best advice because Judd was just a one-note drunk character mm-hmm. for the most part. You want that Alfred, where, like from Batman. You want that sort of paternal figure but not quite energy. Right, and the way Thali comes in, it suggests that there's some baggage here, and there's a history between the two that we don't entirely know, but it carries some weight at least, so... Ross has some respect for him, whereas he does not respect Judd at all. When he sees Judd, when he comes back in the first episode, the guy's just sleeping or drunk or whatever, passed out the, on his home, mm-hmm. not doing any work. But, uh, yeah, glad, glad we got Thali. He, he's a welcome addition. And is and Emma is, is a new character, but she's enjoyable so far. You're putting too much stock in this Emma character. Like I don't hey. think she's going to be around much. She doesn't talk, really. She's the apple of Sam's eye. I think she's going to be a big deal going forward. Sam's got his eyes on one thing, man, and that's God. Not anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, so just in terms of the introductions, Thali definitely number one. I'd put Drake number two. Morwenna. Number- Sam. I, I, well, I'm sure. Sam Whitworth. Rowella. Yeah, as far as the new additions, Emma is not high on the list. Or, she's or the bottom Rowella. of <laughs> Yeah. But she's below Rowella, for sure. Right. Jeffrey Charles, is it fair to call him a new character? He's number one if he is. If you would call oh, him he's a new easily character. number one. That kid, that kid's got a mouth on him. <laughs> Can't help it. Yeah. And now, what, can we, what is there to say about old, uh, young Jeffrey Charles? To say old Jeffrey Charles, this, this iteration of Jeffrey Charles. It's a, it's a whole new character. We didn't even know him before then. So, I mean, we kind of talked in, in brief about his character, and I guess he does sort of just ruffle feathers in the greater plots, but mm-hmm. preteen Jeffrey well, Charles is a lot of fun to have around. Yeah, and let's just talk about George, Elizabeth, and R.I.P. Uh, Agatha. Yeah. <laughs> what a season for for this couple here, where as much as they kind of have some drama for Ross and Demelza. That feels a little manufactured, and we'll talk about it in a moment. This feels just rife with drama front to back because the first episode, a child is born under a bad moon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's literally a blood moon in the sky, and Agatha's like, this is ain't, this ain't going to be good. That's a, that's a cursed child. No, nope. It's painful. That's a great opener, by the way. Season three, the season opener was fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it really set in motion just the distrust and uh, just poisoning of the relationship between Elizabeth and George that goes on all season. Mm-hmm. And Aunt Agatha is kind of the, the prodding force that separates them emotionally. 
And it takes yeah. a while for her to do it. And then she is actually on her deathbed that she does it when she says, the kid might might not even be your kid. To to George, she, she reveals that to him and that sh- shakes him. But I mean, he got the, the haymaker and that she didn't get to celebrate her birthday that she was looking forward to, her 100th birthday. Mm-hmm. Even though you claimed- he alleges it was 99. Right. You said he, he may have fixed the numbers a little bit, juked him so she wasn't quite as old as she thought she was. Uh, but yeah, so she passes away. I, it's a shame because I feel like season one, we were still feeling out the show and she was, she had that danker quality of just being a, a nag. But w- as soon as season two hits, especially when she like pulls out that gun, you know, where she's oh, like, yeah. we got we this. They, they figured out how to work with her. She's so fun as like uh, the foil to George. They found a great comedic uh, bit there. Yeah, and it, it humanizes George as unlikable as he is. It makes him a little bit mm-hmm. more bearable, knowing that he's being Someone picked on down by a hundred-year-old woman, and he can't do anything about it because of the family tree. Yeah, and even in smaller pieces too, where like Ross would come by, and we see her interactions with Agatha, kind of sweet, softened her a little bit, so we can you know appreciate her her mm-hmm. place in the family and remind Ross that this is a Poldark home. Um, to even the moment when like Whitworth is in the house and he turns around and he just sees her standing there and he's like scared oh, out of nowhere. That was a, great. She's a presence for sure. For sure. <laughs> I was I was stunned though that she actually left. I, I thought she was going to stick around a little while longer, but that's how Poldark works. I mean, I feel like when the episode started, they kind of telegraphed it. I know we did, you didn't agree with me that I, I kind of read the room as that episode began. They were putting mm-hmm. so much emphasis on her birthday. That yeah. I, I kind of knew she wasn't going to make it through, but it's unfortunate. Yeah. But uh, a lot of what's going on with Elizabeth and George, well, Elizabeth keeps sneaking drinks all season. There's no real re- resolution to that, except that she pretty much just goes off on George in the last episode that, hey, you want to believe this child is yours or not, that's on you. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, man. <laughs> which is doing, which is drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, Dr. Yeah. Choke, his last uh, act of... Of whatever it is you want to call what he does, his his last act of medicine to the main crew. Low key, one of the biggest developments of the season is them ending their reliance on Doctor Choke for medical advice and turning to Dwight <laughs> for for help. Now that's a big step up for Dwight. Marrying into the Penvenin family is now he's I think a little mm-hmm. bit more trusted. Yeah, uh, and even, well, even then, George is still kind of like, ah, do we have to work with this guy and? Yeah, he, he, but Elizabeth he gets, is basically gets, like, we're going to get another opinion. Like she right. is very pro Dwight, but she does emphatically tell George that by the end of the season, the child is yours. Come on, get over yeah. it. Even though we all know, you and I know, a it's child a likely isn't baby. mine. That hair, uh, yeah, the, the, everything points to it being someone else's. And uh, George, for the most part, was so distracted this season because he was focused on his political ambitions. He uh, is sitting as a judge because. Ross to decline that position. Yeah. And then he has designs to even join the was Parliament. Jerry Parliament. He gets there and we find Ross he's not doing that great. It. Right, because Ross is an idiot. Uh and the the man's in power. He's thriving. He he's he's doing just fine. Even though at home nothing is working for him. Mm-hmm. And people don't like his politics either. He's just going his own way. Yeah, and he's kind of going off. So it's Bassett. He's kind of Bassett's man. And mm-hmm. 
the assumption is if Bassett backs you, you do what Bassett wants. Yeah. But not Francis. Francis you says. You mean not George. Not George. Francis R.I.P. Francis is dead. Not for, Oh, I mean definitely not Francis. He's he's long dead. But George goes off book and, and, and shoots from the hip to the point that old Bassett is like, you got to get in line. Yeah. And, and I feel like is, that is teeing up this next season of like, what is uh, George going to do in politi- parliament where he's just not held back by anyone because he's not going to be following Bassett. <laughs> he's just mm-hmm. going to make his own, make his own decisions. Um, and before we get to Ross and DeMelza, I think we should take a moment to talk about Tom Harry. There was a lot of Tom Harry this season. Just getting poked around and forced to do things. I, I predicted uh, something that didn't happen yet. Mm-hmm. And I, I said it on the podcast that I think we're going to push Tom Harry to a babyface turn. He's going to be a good guy by the end guy. of the show, I think. He's such a nitwit, it's entirely possible. Uh, but at the same time, when he caught Drake with the toads, he beat him endlessly. Uh, and then set his house on fire uh, eventually. Yeah. He big bad wolfed him. Uh, yeah, at another point to get keep him away from uh, Morwenna and stuff. Um, but he's also hitting on the was it the Emma also in a bar. Hit, I feel that. like there there's some there's definite flirtation going on between those two. But it seems like Tom Harry he's pretty good at his job. All things considered, he, he looks like oh, a doofus the, and something. At the end of the season, Elizabeth said, tells um, Frank, George oh, yeah. to fire him. That's true. Because of him burning down uh, Drake Karn's house, the innocent boy. <laughs> so who knows? I would he is love good at it his job. If... He's a good rule follower, but do you, I, I wonder if Francis is really, or Francis, geez, George is really going to fire him. No, what's going to happen is he's going to end up in Parliament also. That's, that's what's going to happen for Tom Harris. Oh, he's just going to keep rising. Okay, yeah. I could see it. Who knows? Or or maybe he marries Emma and runs off. Sorry, Sam. I could I could also see that. I could see any of those things happening. Yeah. I don't see them so, focusing on Parliament member Tom Harry on the show, but Yeah. That would be a funny side plot. Like, you know, the, the post credits of the end of the show is Tom Harry went on to become Prime Minister. <laughs> Yeah, he's doing quite well for himself. Uh, so that pretty much just leaves Ross and Demelza. Yeah, which I feel like is a retread of last season. So much, so much, especially in the back half, mm-hmm. where there's concerns about infidelity on both ends. So unfounded, uh, but I mean, because it was he kisses. So Ross eventually kisses Elizabeth once. Yes, in and episode and pretty nine. sees it. Reports it back to Demelza. Demelza has already had her wandering eye because this Armitage character that was with Dwight is hitting on her aggressively through the back half of the season. Which happened with Captain McNeil last season, season two. Yep. But this time she rolls in the weeds with Armitage. Indeed she does. And the both, of them, both of them have to deal with it now. They have to figure out where do they go from here. Yeah, but we do see, and I think a lot of Elizabeth's, or Elizabeth, geez, I keep getting names wrong. It's been so long. Demelza's frustration together. with mm-hmm. Ross comes from his stubbornness, where she keeps saying, yeah. you can be a positive change if you just become a politician. And he basically says, all these politicians are corrupt. There's nothing that I'm going to be able to really do because I'm going to have to follow 
Bassett's lead. And Bassett seems okay, but who's to say he's not going to turn mm-hmm. when the time comes or his agenda is not going to become more clear when I sign on the dotted line. And yeah. that just seems to infuriate Demelza as all of these things happen. The price of grain goes up. The mm-hmm. mine lays off workers. And Ross is trying to, like, be a man on the ground making efforts to save people you know he offers these people jobs that we'll grace um he gives them a field and it's all of these sort of i'm sorry about this here's this where demel's Mm -hmm. like you know if you're in charge you could just regulate this so this kind of stuff doesn't happen and it takes surprisingly in a move that it's confusing to me Demelza has nothing to do with Ross's change of heart. Yeah, it's Tholic getting through to him when they when they're staring down some some guns there at the end. The, the town is coming for George for what he did to Sam, and uh, uh, Ross is going to pre- defend that because he doesn't want any kind of anarchy. But then he's like, you know what? I'll join government. You put down your guns. I'll make this right. Thanks, Tholic. And Tholic's like, that's what I wanted was for you to become a senator. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone just walks away. End of season. But it's so funny that we're talking about this because I'm trying to think back to the first half of the season. And there's a moment where Demelza and Ross are like, everything's just going great for us, isn't it? Yeah. And it really is kind of just like they're there in the background for the most part. They're, they they're, they definitely do lay the, the tracks for Ross to become more involved politically because he could just keep standing on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. But... There isn't that much until they turn up the heat on the Armitage thing to drive a wedge between them. Yeah, yeah. It feels like there's a lot of unspoken things, but we end season two with them, the moment where Demelza gets up on the horse after Mm -hmm. freezing out Ross because of what happened with Elizabeth. And we were kind of led to believe that that was the resolution there, that she was going to accept him for all his flaws and know that whatever ill will happened he didn't mean it it was a mistake but Mm -hmm. then you know it's like she stopped seeing her therapist after one session she said oh my husband cheated on me and i'm trying to work it out and the therapist said okay let's work on it and then she stopped showing up and got angry again you know yeah yeah it's funny though because the other thing we haven't mentioned is that early in the season ross and george kind of reach a truce where they agreed to not step on each other's like toes at all just going to try and coexist and not ignore each other. At the same time, it, it leads to some good exchanges, but it very much, I think, it doesn't leave as memorable uh, a, a journey for, for Ross this season until like the back half when it starts to come together with the political pressure. and He does have, uh, I mean, he, he has his little jaunt to go save Dr. Dwight. Well, that's the one thing. That, that is the one thing that kind of comes in between. It's like, okay, I gotta go save my friend, which is great. I wouldn't mind some trail off of the free traders if they had like one more thing where like he's dealing, he sees the free traders at the red lion and he says, I don't want anything to do with you guys anymore. You know, my wife, it doesn't want me to work with, you know, something to sort of indicate that that is truly in in the past. But no, Mm -hmm. like you said, it is sort of treading water until the mission to save Dr. Dwight and then, and also, it's like I, I, we were told that one time the show is about a, mine, a show about mines and miners. And the entire storyline of the season, aside from them cl- closing Wheel Leisure, is like, hey, mines going doing great. 
<laughs> everything's working out. Yeah, they're like modest Total miners. Backers. Yeah, so they're all set to the point that but, they take on all these employees on a on a on a maybe situation. Like maybe there's more going on here. We don't know though. Yeah, but where we leave things at the season, it seems like Ross is a shoe in to be in Parliament because everyone is on his side. All the political backers wanted him to be on their side to begin with, and that's a exciting shift for the new season. But definitely curious to see what happens with him, Demelza. Now, it's unfortunate that things had to go this way, where she had to hook up with this Armitage character. Who, oh yeah, we didn't really include him in the rankings of new characters. He's kind of like one note in a lot of ways. Uh, Armitage, he likes yeah, moms. Yeah, he's, he's under his the whole Dr. Deal. Dwight learning tree. Uh huh. And then he seems to be he's of uh, society. Right, he's rich. He's losing his vision. And he likes moms. Like, yeah. that's his three character traits. Sure. And he's Can't appreciative of Ross for saving his life. That, that too. Yeah. So I, I would slot him in uh, just below, I think. Uh, I'd actually put him maybe over Morwenna because I think he's a little bit more interesting in terms of what's going on, like his pathology to me. Okay. Like, why is he going after Demelza so hard? I don't get it. She's a married woman of the guy who saved your life. <laughs> Yeah, but it's he not has like a good the game. The town is empty, you know. Roel is no, around. No, not at all. He's got a good game though. He's, he he closes the deal. People said it couldn't have been yeah, done. Yeah, Cap- Captain McNeil couldn't get the job done. Yeah, it took Armitage. So there you go. Whitworth, by the way, of new characters, bottom. That guy sucks. He's the worst. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not forgettable, but he's. Not I might put I might put Emma below him as far as important. <laughs> Sam Sam might be below him too. Sure, I mean he, yeah, Whitworth at least he causes a ruckus when he shows up. Yeah, so I feel like we've covered this pretty thoroughly. Do we want to jump into the overall power rankings for the season? Well, Dave, just tell me, was it a good season? How 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 do you think it places in the seasons? I think it might be of the three, it might be the worst one overall. Really? But I don't think that that's a um, truly bad thing. Because I think the first two are great. Yeah. And I think that, like we said, the back half of the season feels like a retread for Ross and Demelza to the point where, you know, it's boring. It's it's a little upsetting. It's wasteful. It's like Cora and Downton Abbey, too. Like, we've lived this story before. Yeah. I don't know exactly where it slots. Because the first two seasons kind of blend together in a lot of ways, too. Yeah, first season is George winning a lot. Second season is George losing a lot. Third season is um, them both kind of getting stuck in the middle. Dealing with it. Yeah. Still a good season, though. Still enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Still a good, very good team. I would say that if I say this is the worst of the three, it's it's better than Downton Abbey seasons four and five. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And every time Ross punches someone, my heart skips a beat. I'm so excited. (laughs) Just keep throwing those fists, man. Yeah, and got you know, like we lost Judd, who literally rose from the dead. Like it, mm-hmm. a fu- we we replaced our sort of comic relief old man character with a better comic relief old man character. Yeah, absolutely. So so we got power rankings, as you you were saying, Dave. Yeah. So I com- I smashed together both your and my power rankings of the entire season. So that's. All of yours from every episode combined with all of mine to come up with a net number. So negative points are negative, positive points are positive. Sometimes they weigh each other out and you'll see 
listeners mm. know, but there's some characters that wind up like smack in the middle, and it's a little strange. But yeah, we'll start on the negative. And it's funny how the two of us individually can sway things. So mm-hmm. in third place on the negative side, having the third worst season with negative four total points is Valentine Poldar or Valentine Warlegan. Well, it really comes down to that name. <laughs> they shouldn't have named the child that. <laughs> yeah, George, I mean, George shouldn't. Elizabeth had no say in the matter. She was, you know, knocked out sleeping. Yeah. Wait, what was the, the point score for? So, so negative, negative four. Wow. Just don't name your children Valentine. That's, that's the takeaway from this. Yeah, especially when they're born under a black moon or whatever it was. That, that too. A lot, lot of negative going on there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So negative two going down with negative five points, Elizabeth. I mean, she was drinking a lot this season. Drinking, drugs, kind of emotionally. Lying to George yeah, through she, her teeth. She, hadn't, she had to figure out a way to have that baby just without revealing yeah. that it was uh, not George's. Right. And she's just kind of miserable the whole season because it's just George manipulating the kids away from her because there's a stretch where Jeffrey Charles is sent away and stuff. Uh, she's not doing well. And the, even their child is struggling with its health. Yeah. Yeah, not a great look. But she does redeem herself in the last episode. So Yep, comes back around. I think if it wasn't for that last episode, she would be probably way further for sure. up. So do you want to you take a gander for who had the worst season? I think it's fairly obvious. Uh, George? No. Nope. Oh, no, no, no. It's Morwenna. Morwenna yeah, easily. Yeah. She, she More- just gets put upon the entire season. Negative 13 that, points from Morwenna. And that's the thing is like, you can you introduce new characters, you, you set them up to like be like, great, man. I'm so happy to have this Thali around. This Drake character is really interesting, but someone has to take a look in for everyone else. And so you just have this Morwenna character just carrying the burden. And it's it's tough, man. It's really rough. Yeah, she. You said it. She basically just takes a lick in the whole season and does. You know, she gets her one moment towards the end because even yeah. all the sort of good things she has with Drake in the first portion of the season are, you know, will they, won't they? And she's operating mm-hmm. under George's nose, which is rough and 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 not a great thing to begin with. But yeah, you know, we get to the point where. Once he's married off to Whitworth, it's game over. Hope she gets some more agency this next season. I think she will. I think this last episode gave her some sense of agency and some sense of self that she's mm-hmm. uh, been in dire need of. Yeah. All right, who's now, going up? Going up, number three, seven points. It's the man himself, Ross. I mean, it wasn't the, the best season for him, uh, but he's got the political... You know, ambition on his side. People are riding for him. He's going to be going places. Mm-hmm. Uh, not doing great at home. Uh, I guess similar to to George in a lot of ways. Not things just aren't great on the home front for either of them. But elsewhere, they're doing just fine. Yeah, you know, he's trying his hardest to. Well, not trying his hardest. He's his intentions are there, and I think there's that scene yeah. where he uh, imagines what he would say to Demelza about what the whole Elizabeth thing meant. And 
he has a tough time getting that out, and he winds up not saying that at all. Right. I, mean, I do. You know, I think that Ross is is heart is in the right place, and morally, I think he has a decent season. But yeah, what's keeping him from that top is his stubbornness for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, who's number two, Dave? Uh, a shocker, nine points. Throwella. I mean, I was a big proponent of her. I know you weren't quite as much, Dave, but she came in and she was able to manipulate this Whitworth guy <laughs> like he was nothing. It's like, man, are you the, the sister of Morwenna? Because she has shown none of these traits yet. So, all yeah, the power she comes her. in and 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 susses out the situation. And then immediately takes control, gets the money, and then leaves her sister high and dry in the rear view. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. So and that leaves number one. Do you want to guess who it is? I mean, Demelza is the best character on the show. It's got to be Demelza, right? It is, it's Demelza, positive 15. Whew. She's, uh, she's showing out. I mean, I, I don't think either of us love how she ended the season. And I don't think she did either, judging by the way that the, the season ends. Yeah, but I mean, there's so many little acts of kindness she does throughout the season where she's helping her brothers, she's working with Caroline to, how was it, with the church thing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, with the donations <laughs> that they collect, they, they, they uh, scheme on George to, about. To George, yeah. And she's a good... Uh, Plus one to Ross until her eyes uh, wander elsewhere. So and, and we got to give her the confidence boost of having a young war hero. Yeah, having eyes for her. That's a good look for her. And she's had three kids at this point. Keeping keeping it keeping, keeping it, it working for her. Yeah, yeah, man. Hell yeah, let's go to Melza. She's great. Yeah. Do we have any predictions for season four? I think Demelza will be number one again, probably. <laughs> Potentially. Why not? Um, I feel like a lot of characters we talked about today will not be appearing next season or be, will be falling out of the picture because I think they, they have to keep it a little bit spicy. Give us something new. I think Morwenna will still be around. Morwenna and Drake is still sure. going to be a thing. They're Rowella is gone. Yeah. Whitworth, Whitworth is gone. Whitworth, they got to wrap up. They can't keep the guy lingering around. I think we get another few out of... Uh, Emma and Bassett and these sort of new background Gotta characters. Gotta wrap it up. Hopefully Thali sticks around in a more serious role. Right. For the long haul, man. For the long haul. We Hopefully maybe some more Verity this upcoming season. I hope. Blamey. Our... Where's Blamey been? Well, he was almost lost at sea until we got confirmation that he wasn't. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, hopefully more Blamey. Yeah. But aside from that, I don't know. I'm 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 curious to see where they go. Yeah, I know this season three started with a bang, so hopefully next week season four starts with a bang too. Another surprise child or something. Let's go. Oh yeah, definitely. More maybe Roella gives birth to Ozzy's baby. Oh, well, she already has a kid, right? With or Ro- 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 Roella. I'm sorry, I got confused. Morwenna. Gosh, that's one thing I look forward to moving on from. Uh, yeah. So, and that's the other thing too. When we say more agency for Marwenna, she already threatened to kill her child to, to Whitworth, even though she didn't mean it. Will she, she? Will she make other threats like that? We'll see. We'll see. Will Whitworth live through the season four? I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. 
But aside from that, I think we can call it there and we'll return covering Pole Dark Season 4 soon enough. Yeah, if you asked us what we've been watching, it's been a month. So the answer is a lot. Yeah. And we can talk about it another time. Definitely. But we will catch you next. Oh, you know where to find us, by the way. Instagram. Yeah, it's been a Twitter. Go over Facebook. This again. And with the Hit us at, at Gmail, Lords Grantham at Gmail. Leave us a five star rating review on iTunes if you so choose. Spotify as well. Uh, and you can find all our archive on the Podbean website that we have. We're out there. You can hit us up. Oh, yeah. And we'll see you next time. Season four. Well, let's do it. Yeah.